Good morning, this is Michael Stoller for the Stoller Report on the Cats Roundtable. This morning I have the honor of having Bruce Mosler, the Chairman of Global Brokerage at Cushman and Wakefield. Also, at one time, the President and CEO of the company. So Bruce, I really want the, the truth. The, the other day you were quoted, we should not take the granted that the city will simply recover because we have always in the past. This is a moment in time when we should not take for granted that New York will just be fine. It will be fine, but provided we take the necessary action. What do you mean by that, and what's the necessary action? Yeah, Michael, I said that with intent. Um, New York City is still the financial capital world. We're still the tech capital world. When you compare the challenges we face to other cities, other tech, shall we say, hubs, we look pretty good. But the challenges that we face are significant. We have 90 million square feet vacant. We have a capital markets liquidity crisis that's impending or here. Take your pick. At the end of the day, we have a city that faces challenges with regards to crime. Now, I think the mayor and the governor are working hard at it. We should give them props. We should give them time and we should support them. But let's understand that this city has obstacles to overcome, including the budget that the city is going to debate over and hopefully resolve expeditiously. What, what's going on? I know you specialized at one time in Brookfield West and the, the Hudson, West, yes, Manhattan sir. West and the Hudson Yards area. What's happening over there? I see the rents are over $100 a foot yes. over there, but people don't take into consideration the, the concessions which really reduced the rent significantly. Well, so I'm going to come back to this severe bifurcation in the marketplace. We've seen this flight to quality. It's real. It's not just something that people are talking about. People are going to buildings that have light and air amenities that are part of a 24-7 live-work play. So Manhattan West has the benefit of being all those things. Properties that have those assets, 250,000 feet of retail that's been curated, um, for the tenancies there. At the end of the day, those assets are performing. They're outperforming. So, yeah, there's concessions, but they're market concessions. They're truly outperforming on the pro forma based on the flight to quality. You know, we're here on uh, 3rd Avenue, 800 3rd Avenue at the studios of WABC. Yes. Um, what's happening on the 3rd Avenue market? So, it's almost building by building, case by case, and this is the point that um, I want to make. Where assets are or can be reinvested in, let's, let's just understand, with the rise of interest rates, certain assets, when you look at the cost to renovate, the cost to either convert or, in this case, to bring them up to par where they need to be to be a viable office building, sometimes investors can and sometimes they can't. Where they can and where they invest, asset by asset, block by block, some are performing and some are not. And most of that is based upon the ability to reinvest. What about the B and C and the D office buildings, which are all around, which happens to be part of the Signature Bank portfolio and some other banks' portfolio at a certain level? Yeah, well, look, I, I can't comment on a specific portfolio. I can simply say that, that C, no, I, C and D I, assets... I, that's what I'm really yeah, talking so, about. So C and D assets have a harder you know, road to hoe. At the end of the day, the investment has got to be more substantial. You have to look at whether it's whether the product is obsolete because of the design element, because of what tenancies are requiring. Look, businesses today go where they can recruit and retain their workforce of the future. It is That is the number one driver behind where they go and how they go. They're also becoming more efficient, right? We are dealing with a hybrid workforce today and a workplace. 
the notion that people will come back to work in one or two days, I think, is off the table. I think we've we've sort of seen the reality. It's probably three or four days a week. How much does that affect the footprint? Not dramatically, but the drive towards more efficiencies, which was there pre-pandemic, continues. So we're seeing smaller footprints. We're seeing people that want to go to places where it's all about their workforce. And their workforce today want amenities. They want light and air. They want the ability to go out and have shopping and retail and eateries at their fingertips. These are all drivers behind what's happening in our marketplace. What about the conversion of offices to residential? Uh, Look, I think we have to be realistic. Some of our product is now approaching 100 years old. Some of that product is not going to be converted. The cost is prohibitive at the end of the day, but also the asset itself just doesn't lend itself. So we have to be realistic. We have to look at our marketplace. It's 430 million feet today and say, what will it be tomorrow? What's truly obsolete? A portion of it will be obsolete. At the end of the day, whether that means our marketplace is 400 or 390 has yet to be determined. In the same way that you were talking about crime over there and certain things have to be taken care of, Mm -hmm. in order to convert an office building, I believe that the government has to come in like the 421Gs Mm -hmm. of Lower Manhattan I don't. I haven't heard of any special tax advantages yet. I agree with you. Um, I think, Michael, we have to look at this holistically. We have to work in consort with government to determine what kind of master plan can be put in place for various different parts of our city and what incentives should we provide based on where the demand is going to come from. Everything right now is about the demand, right? We, we had pent-up demand post the pandemic in 2022, so we saw significant take-up. Now we're seeing demand moderate this year because mostly people are looking at relocating when they have, when it's least driven or they have reason to consolidate and at the end of the day, shrink their footprint. What about the suburban, the other boroughs, okay, as opposed to Manhattan, the office market? How do you see that? Um, very much as I do Manhattan, where you're seeing the gravitational pull is towards transportational hubs. So when you're looking at suburbia, I think you have to look at where are there excellent transportation hubs? Where have those hubs been invested in? That's where I think you'll see investment work, and I think you'll see, at the end of the day, demand take off. So, so which neighborhoods are you specifically talking about? Uh, listen, I, 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 look, I want to be careful to say this because this is an evolving conversation, but I would tell you that, yes, we can't. Uh, look, Midtown, Grand Central area, um, that is seeing significant investment and significant demand. The same thing for the for the west side. That's where you could put the where you could build the most significant properties at the end of the day with transportation as an asset, with the the rest of the amenities that are necessary. So I think those things continue. What about co working? Co-working has a place, Michael. I think it's it's a function of how big did the footprint get for some of these co-workers and what was realistic. Um, end of day, I think that there's a certain percentage of corporate portfolios where the flexibility to be in space short term from an enterprise perspective works. From a B2B perspective, I also think that there's a place for it. So I, I think it's about right-sizing for that industry, but I think there's a place. And what about the office market in Long Island City? There seems to be a significant vacancy. There is. And I think here again, you're going to see the gravitational pull to the better assets that have been reinvested in, those assets that haven't been invested in, those assets that are on the periphery that don't have proximity to transportation, they will be the most challenged. And how do you basically see the year? 
we're here in April now. That's a good question. So, so look, I think this year compared to last year, last was a, was, a, was a year in which we saw significant anchor tenancy commitments. I think this year's a little bit different. We're not seeing the, the big tenancies, the million square foot or the 800 pound. I, I mean, look, Facebook gave back certain properties. Yeah, so. yeah. but look, some of that is, is there's growth, there's contraction. There'll be growth again in the tech sector. We remain the tech hub. Um, in the United States. No question about that. This is a year in which I think we're going to see midsize commitments, the, the 100 to 200,000 square foot deals that are primarily lease driven. Or as I said before, we will see relocation based on the ability to shrink the footprint and invest capital and make it work economically. Businesses this year are focused on their run rate and capital preservation. Um, that's, that's the fact. The, the reality is I think we'll grow again in 23 or 24, I should say. Um, but this is a year where I think we're going to see a different type of commitment. Okay. I think New York City is very resilient, and I believe that Bruce Mosler is a big advocate of the city, as so was I. And I'd like to thank you for being here today. It is an honor to be with you.